Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reason Sports Network. Make sure to check out fivereasonsports.com. Spell it out, F-I-V-E, reasonsports.com for all of our latest content. The most popular thing on the site right now as we speak is our Chris Joseph Making the pitch to go back to the throwbacks for the Miami Dolphins permanently now that Tua has joined the Dolphins. And obviously, we've got a lot of stories on there about Don Shula's passing, heat content, all of our podcasts, our YouTube channel, our merchandise, and more. Definitely check out the latest Three Yards Per Carry, which was a tribute to Don Shula that actually I did a guest appearance on. So uh, that was, uh, I think, an episode that will last for a long time there. Before I get to today's episode, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. As you know, all of our sponsors are local. We do business with local businesses. So we ask you, if you like our content, please check out our sponsors because we think you'll find something there for you. And this is one of our best sponsors because he's one of the biggest sports fans that I know. And that's Dr. Jonathan Chung of Keystone Chiropractic and Neuroplasticity which is focused on low-force spinal adjustments and brain-based rehabilitation. They get great results with post-concussion syndrome, dizziness and vertigo, headaches, and chronic neck and back pain. A lot of chiropractors and therapists want to see you three times a week for months, but Keystone has a treatment philosophy of doing just enough to get you back to a normal life again. And here's the important thing. Obviously, we're going through COVID right now. They're now offering virtual rehab visits using video conferencing. So they can assess you and prescribe effective treatment protocols during the COVID-19 outbreak. Research shows the patients who get a supervised telemedicine rehab program can be just as effectively treated as if they do an in-person visit for many pain conditions. And you have nothing to lose because if you mention five reasons, you get a free 15-minute video or phone consultation. That's right, free 15-minute video or phone consultation. And you also save 50% off your first virtual rehab session. So how do you get in touch? Well, here's the website. It's chiropractickeystone.com. That's chiropractickeystone.com. You can reach out directly to Dr. Chung on Twitter. He's at Dr. Jonathan. no H in there. Well, there is an H, but it's after the T. <laughs> D-R-J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N Chung. Again, Keystone Chiropractic and Neuroplasticity. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. I, you know, something's happened here during the, the quarantine. Um, I think Alf is still working. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, working a whole bunch of things. Uh, Alex, on the other hand, sometimes uh, I'm, I'm not sure what Alex is doing. I couldn't reach Alex this morning. And so I not only I just gave up on America, essentially. I, I completely gave up on America. I decided I'm not going to talk to anybody who's here in the States right now. And I was going to go overseas, and I think some of you follow this, this Twitter account here. Um, I did before 
I appeared on his program. Um, and you can find the Twitter account at the Miami Heat UK. That's the Miami Heat UK. Um, Daniel Healy invited me on his program, in addition to a bunch of others, Eric Reed, Jason Jackson. Uh, who else? Who else was it, Daniel? Oh, Mike Inglis, right? And uh, am I missing another one? Yep, correct. So we had Mike Inglis. We just said we had uh, Will Manso, and we had Tony Fiorentino. And could could we go over the results of this? Because uh, it, it was an enjoyable hour experience for my life. Uh, but at the end, you threw a little bit of a curveball where you gave out these quiz questions. And uh, I actually thought about doing the same to you today. We'll see how this goes. Oh, no. Uh, oh, God, you can get your own back. Yeah, it was, a, uh, it was an absolutely fantastic week of, uh, of podcasts um, interviewing basically all the, all, the, all the guys that we see on telly and, and hear on the radio all the time. Um, uh, through every broadcast so it was great to have you all on and at the end of each episode um we did a sort of how was your memory quiz which was like a uh, a quick five questions on the season that's just gone and uh seeing how uh how, what, how much you could remember and how quickly you forget things and um i think you were uh, you were the wooden spoon holder i think you scored one out of five even <laughs> but I the think wooden spoon is an appropriate uh, designation for me, so I appreciate that. <laughs> I think from memory, blimey, my memory's going now. I think Tony Fiorentino came out champion. I know Will was holding it for a while, but I think Tony got there, got the Indian. So I think he got four out of five. Yeah, and Tony will hold it over everybody for a long time too. So I, that's all right. I mean, the co the coach can get it. But yeah, I did get one out of five. Um, there was somebody else with one out of five too, though. I, I don't think I was the only one. Was it Inglis? I think it was Inglis, right? Could have been. It could have been English. Yeah. <laughs> well, English was probably shouting that he was going to lose before he lost. Uh, English could have been leading the whole time and still been shouting, "Oh no, I'm going to lose!" Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love Mike, but that's really typical, Mike. All right, so let's get right to it. Um, and, and you know, one of the things I'm, we're, we're going to focus on the present here with you, but I also want to kind of get into a little bit of backstory. Uh, how did you become a Heat fan? And and also for people who don't know, we're going to start doing some of these episodes. Um, you know, with others as well. Uh, how, I mean, how popular are the Heat where you are? Okay, well, um, first of all, the, me following the Heat is actually still a relatively new thing. I mean, I've actually only been a Heat fan for four years. So um, I, I missed all the good times. I missed all the success, all the titles, the big free era. Um, I came into it um, on the 30-11 season. That was my first full season. So I spent my Heat days, uh, early Heat days, um, Standing players like Hassan Whiteside and Tyler Johnson, and but um, it, it was really—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm a sports fanatic. Um, however, I, I never really even considered or even looked into because it's—it's it's just not very well covered over here. Uh, the NFL is, it has been quite big for a few years now, but. Um, basketball, any of the uh, uh, American sports, just not particularly well covered. So it's not something that I never really even considered, which is strange because you give me anything with a with a league table and a fixture list, and I'm I'm all over it. I love my soccer, and I love you know my my cricket and uh, golf and Formula One, all of that stuff. I absolutely adore. I watch it all, um, and it and it came about really by my younger brother who um, had loosely followed the NBA the year before. And he said, look, um, I'm going to get right into it this year. And I think this is something that you'll enjoy. This was the eve of, the, uh, of that season. And he said, at the time, he was, uh, he was following Orlando Magic, which is quite popular in the UK, uh, because a lot of people do exactly what he did. He goes on vacation there. He catches a game and then they come back, obviously, after enjoying it and carry on watching. So 
purely through no other reason other than just to create a bit of sibling rivalry. I just chose the Miami Heat. There was no back look, like I didn't look into history. I just thought, okay, I'm just you're going to be Orlando. I'm going to be Miami, and uh, and it just stuck from there. So I, I went and got uh, got downloaded the free uh, the, the NBA pass. Went on the free trial and thought, well, I'll give this a go. And that very first game, in fact, that first game was against Orlando, strangely enough. And um, from that first game, it was an instant love affair. It was, I mean, by by half time, I'd subscribed. I was, um, I just loved how fast paced it was. I, I just loved even little simple things like, you know, the fact that players can just roll in and roll off, and uh, you know, a twenty-four shot uh, clock, um, you know, get from inbounding to getting your shot away. You've got twenty-four seconds. I loved all that, and I just thought that the fact that it was an, an easy sport to grip uh, to pick up on. Um, I was in. I was all in on it. And by the end of that game, I was fully subscribed. Um, I, I then spent the next week just learning all about the Miami Heat and their history and the players and, you know, learned about this incredible player that we had called Dwayne Wade, who was now suiting up for the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> oh, my God. You really did catch it late. <laughs> I was going we, to we – we don't allow – actually, we got to go, Dad, because that that is not something we remember <laughs> Here on the podcast, that did not happen. Uh, yes. Although, although it happened more than the Cleveland thing did. The, the Cleveland thing really, really, really didn't happen. It's kind of like how the the retiring of Jordan's uh, yes. you know, jersey, uh, you know, up in the rafters, didn't happen for the Heat. There, there are just certain things we we don't. Smush Parker didn't happen. Uh, none of none of none of the Ricky Davis didn't happen. None none of these things actually happened. Uh, uh, yeah, so you caught this late then, because I, I mean, it, I caught it late, but I I got the bug immediately. It was it was just it, as I said, it was it was an instant love affair. I, I just loved it, and I, you know, by the end of that first week, I had, I had a jersey and everything. I mean, you don't want to know who my first jersey was. The player on the back of that, ah, uh, Whiteside. <laughs> it was Whiteside. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, only only because um, the NBA uh, or the Fanatic store where we can only really get all our merch from over here. They only had Whiteside, so it had to be him. But I, I must admit, I was a I was a Whiteside fan at the start. At the start, of course. Well, I'll tell you that uh, I remember taking my daughter, who's almost six now, but mm -hmm. about two years ago, to the Heat store, and uh, the only jerseys they seemed to have in her size were twenty one. And, uh, and she she didn't know anything about Hassan. She just looked at and said, "Daddy, I don't like that one." I said, "Okay." <laughs> And, and we and we got her a forty, uh, which was much more appropriate. And, sure. and actually, now there was no Heat Family Fest this year, but the last four years of Heat Family Fest, she has a picture with Udonis. Uh, so Fantastic. now she actually has one uh, in in her jersey. Um, so all right, so let's let's expand it beyond you now. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're you're where are you specifically living? Where, where um, are you? I, I live in a, in a town called Essex, which is about fifteen sure. miles uh, fifteen miles outside of London. Okay, so uh, so what do people think of this obsession? Um, my friends will think I'm strange um, because <laughs> I stay up till you know three thirty in the morning watching Miami Heat four times a week when I've got work the next day. Um, so that they, I mean, they love the fact that I've got a passion and that they they you know see what I've done with my account and so on. But um, I mean, it, it's getting bigger over here mainly because of the fact that Sky Sports have now um, have got some rights to it and they've been broadcasting you know, five or six games a week. Um, but it's always going to be difficult in the UK just because of that time difference. I mean, your standard 7.30 is obviously half past midnight for us. Um, so to, to build up that, that global or that, that UK following is always going to struggle. And, um, you, you know, you've got to be hardcore to do, be able to do that. And I think that, um, you know, you look at the NFL and things like that, which has been very big over here for lots of years and continues to grow. You know, it's only really that once a week you get those 
those early games for you, which is a 6pm game for us, and then obviously a, a 9.30, I think it is, game. So the, the timings are much more sociable. Um, of course, the, the helping of NBA Saturdays and NBA Sundays is always good because we catch a, a game around our dinner time, etc. Um, but yeah, it's always going to be a bit tough um, to, to crack um, it over here. However, having, saying, having said that, it is without a doubt, it is definitely growing. The exposure, the fact that Sky have now got some games, as I said, they're also doing some, um, you know, preview game uh, uh, shows, you know, for a half an hour or so, two or three times a week. So, and that's on at sociable time. So, without a doubt, the sport is growing. Um, but yeah, my friends think I'm strange because uh, it's literally all <laughs> I, ever, I ever talk about, I ever look at, I ever work on. It's just something to do with basketball or the Miami Heat. That's good stuff. All right. So now, obviously, though, we've got a break, and and there there is no basketball. Um, I'm just curious the conditions where you are. I, obviously, there's been a lot of conversation about what's gone on in the UK during all of uh, this as well with COVID. Uh, what what is what is kind of the pulse of? I mean, today the Miami mayor came out today and said he doesn't expect there to be fans, if any. Which is, I mean, this is normal uh, at this point. Any fans, if any, you know, in, in the stands in 2020, I've I've been saying that, you know, for a yeah. while, uh, based on it. What what is in terms of, uh, uh, well, I guess you guys call it football, but soccer, uh, or or anything else that that wouldn't ordinarily be going on over there. Uh, what do you think the timeline is? You think it's similar to what we're hearing in the states? Yeah, it, it is very similar to what um, it is in the States. I think that at the same sort of time is where we're now starting to hear hearing some rumbles of the NBA now starting to get back into some practice facilities and so on with a view to maybe getting up to match speed to start games in empty arenas and so on at a neutral venue. It's very much being replicated, those sort of discussions over here. Um, so we're getting um, uh, people saying the same sort of things about trying to start at neutral venues from uh, in stadia that is away from some more built-up areas um, with a view to maybe looking at getting the season finished in terms of football or soccer um, over here because obviously that is the biggest sport. It's, it's the same sort of timeline. We're, we're around the same sort of place as you are with the NBA. All right, so let's get into what might be happening now. I, I think people have been irritated uh, somewhat by some of my tweets. Uh, some people are irritated. Uh, I mean, some people are irritated at me all the time, but, but, uh, but some people have been irritated by these tweets I'm putting out and some have actually liked them, which is I've been trying to track what the schedule would be if things were normal. And so, you know, I've pretty much have been checking, you know, based on past history about how long the NBA likes to space out the games and the playoffs, uh, you know, the, the heat series against Indiana, if it had happened, uh, I had the heat winning that series four to one, uh, kind of the, Kendrick Nunn breaking out of a slump as the series went on, the rookies kind of working through it, uh, and beating an Indiana team that I just honestly don't think uh, has enough uh, against Miami. And then, you know, playing Milwaukee, a team that it would have, in my view, uh, swept Orlando in the first round, gotten in the second round, hosted a series against Miami, but the Heat played well against Milwaukee this season, as everybody knows, with or without Jimmy Butler. And so, uh, you know, I, I think the series would be more competitive maybe than the national pundits would think it is now. But to this point, I have the heat down 2-0. <laughs> I, have, I had them losing game one in a blowout um, because I, I do think there is a history, if you look at it, of the dominant team in a conference uh, when they get to that kind of 1-4 series. And that first game at home, you know, especially after a long rest, after a sweep, uh, just having too much for the other opponent, uh, particularly if the other opponent is young. And, and all of those factors go into it. Um, I have a much tighter game too. Um, 
And so now I have the heat going back to Miami for game three tonight, as we're speaking, uh, against Milwaukee down 2-0 with Jimmy Butler declaring we ain't MF and losing a game at home this postseason. Okay. <laughs> Jay Crowder has a Jay Crowder has a foot injury. Uh, Kyle Corver is out for Milwaukee old. Uh, and, <laughs> and here, here we are. How would you have liked this series for Miami? How competitive do you think this series could have been? Yeah, I think it, I think it would have been a belter of a series. I really do. I think that, um, like you just said there, the Nationals um, would have would have had it as a, a lot more straightforward than what we would have done. But I, I'm pretty sure that I'm not saying that we would have taken them, but I'm pretty sure we would have we would have taken this all the way to seven games. Um, they're the number one seed for a reason, so you have got to respect that. Um, we've done brilliantly against them in both games. We're two and zero. Uh, we keep Giannis uh, very quiet every time uh, Bam seems to have his number. That's you know that's something um, that's got to be respected. I think that going into the Heat House. Um, it would have been so exciting to see these youngsters, you know, how, how they would have, do they had that extra level because they've done so well in the season. I mean, who saw, you know, Duncan Robinson doing what he's been doing and, you know, the emergence of Kendrick Nunn and, you know, how Tyler Harrow would have come back from injury because, you know, he, he just came flying out the tracks with this arrogance and this, this self-belief that got everyone loving him immediately. So would they have had that extra level is probably the, uh, the one main thing. Um, that, that would have hung over a playoff team, a uh, playoff Miami Heat team. Um, but I think that um, this would have gone all the way, all the way to seven. Um, prob- probably would have um, would have ended our series. Probably would have ended here. I don't think we would have got past them overall. I think they might have just had that bit too much, uh, especially although saying we've home court advantage, that means nothing now. Um, but yeah, I think that it would have been a, a super super competitive series overall. Yeah, and, and I think that is worth mentioning that that home court, you know, now if these playoffs ever happen, I mean, the home court is going to be wherever it is they decide to play a neutral site, and so mm-hmm. it's it's going to look a lot different. Um, yeah. I, my comparison on this series, uh, because my comparison to this Heat team uh, is two thousand three, two thousand four. I look at it like I did that one where, you know, although I think actually Miami would have had an easier time in the first round against Indiana than they did against uh, New Orleans that year where Dwayne sort of had to make plays down the stretch as a rookie and they won that series in seven. Uh, I I think they would have beat Indiana uh, with less difficulty. But to me, Milwaukee in the second round reminds me a little bit of Indiana uh, in the second round that year. Um, Different construction, but in terms of the overall depth of the team, uh, the level that they were playing at, people forget how good that Pacers team was because mm-hmm. the malice at the Palace happened and and everything, yeah. and and so they never ended up winning uh, a championship together. But uh, but with Jermaine O'Neal at his in his peak, uh, Ron Artest in his peak, Reggie Miller still effective, some of the other pieces they had on that team, and Miami took that team to six games and they took them to the wire uh, in Game Six, and of course there was a controversy about Stan Van Gundy taking Dwayne Wade off the floor to put Ray for Alston on the floor because they needed a three at the end. By the way, I didn't have a problem with it, but a lot of people did and a lot of people remembered it. Dwayne never really forgot it. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, they end up losing that series, but they kind of announced themselves. And then, of course, with a young team, Lamar, Karan, Dwayne, et cetera. And then, of course, Riley flipped some of those players, two of the players in particular, plus Brian Grant, to get Shaq. I feel like the organization is in a similar place. I I think that the Heat would have probably taken this thing six. Um, similarly, I think uh, it it becomes really difficult in a in a playoff run 
to when you're struggling on the road, which I, I think the evidence was pretty clear that this team struggled on the road, yeah. uh, to, to hold home court every single time uh, against really good opponents. I, teams with a player like Giannis, no matter, and you're right, Bam defends him as well as anybody, but teams with a player like Giannis find a way to steal one at some point because that player is just too good in that game. Yeah, totally and, and, you know, and so I think that would have happened. So although I think Miami would have been much more effective at home because role players play better at home in the playoffs, their role guys are young. I think that would have made a difference. I think the fact that Milwaukee's this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com, slash, Miami Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pro guys are older, more experienced. Corver, George Hill, uh, Brooke Lopez, who's a little bit more than a role guy. Ilya Sova. I mean, these are guys who've been in big playoff games. I think they all would have had one game on the road that was good enough to get Giannis over the hump. And that's why the way I look at the series would have been Milwaukee wins the first two, Miami wins the second two, Milwaukee wins a tight one at home, which is kind of what happened in the Indiana series in game five, comes back to Miami, Miami has a chance to push it to seven and falls just short. That, that's kind of where I saw this thing going. Now, I guess if it had gone that way, there's, is there any question that this season would have been signified as a success if that had happened? I think so. I mean, I don't think that, um, I mean, I was, I don't know where, um, where you sat on it. I, I personally thought that this season, a win for this season was really uh, getting Jimmy Butler out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing Bam get his, you know, taking the leash off of Bam. He's now got his starting berth. Um, and we was, we was always going to be a playoff lock, but I didn't expect it. I only had just two or three games, maybe four games above 500. So you know, we was already there, I think, at that stage before the season got locked down. So um, I think that, um, for, for me, a, a top four f- a finish would have been way above what I thought was going to happen. Um, and therefore, the only way that would have then become a disappointment is if we would have then blown it in the first round to probably at, the, at this time it would have been the Pacers. Um, I think if we would have gone out at that stage, then um, that you might be able to look back and think, well, that was disappointing. But even then, you just say, well, 
you know, looking at what's happened this year and the leaps that some of these guys have taken. And I mean, Bam's just been incredible, much better than even the high expectations we had of him. I think he's exceeded. Um, and just yeah, these rookies that have come in and done their job, either way for me, I would have looked back at this season and gone, well, it's been a good one. It's been better. But yeah, so if we would have ended up losing in six or losing in seven to Milwaukee, you wouldn't have heard any grumbles over here. Yeah, and I think that was the same approach to that other season, which you know started 0-7, 42-40, and, and, and everybody was feeling really good about that team. It, it felt like an announcement for that team. I think the same would have been the case. And I think the, the biggest thing about the playoffs, and, and this is what, I mean, so many frustrations that are sports-related about this situation, but one of the big frustrations, and Riley emphasized this in his public comments with Eric Reed, you, you want to – the playoffs are when you tell. The playoffs are when you tell. The regular season is cute, um, but once you get to the postseason, you see which players rise and which fall. There is something absolutely real to that. And, you know, the Heat have made major decisions based on that. Guys who shrunk in the playoffs like a Mashburn did for them before he played against them, uh, or an Eddie Jones who shrunk for them, you know, they realize, okay, we have to – we have to upgrade at those spots. Uh, young players, you kind of figure out who has it and who doesn't uh, under pressure. And I, I think this would have been so instructive with Hero, Nunn, Robinson, Derek Jones Jr., you know, in particular, before you even get to BAM. I, I think that's the real shame here is that you, you may come out of this thing not knowing. Now, I think you have a sense with Tyler Hero. I think you do have a sense with Kendrick Nunn because I, I don't I think he's kind of impervious to pressure, but he did play so much better at home this year yeah. that that was a bit of a concern. And then with Duncan Robinson, I think it's not whether he'd handle the pressure. I think it's more so it was he playable in a playoff series, you know, because yeah. you wanted him on the court offensively because they were so much better offensively when he played. The numbers are staggeringly different, but the problem was. You know, could how exposed was he going to be defensively, particularly if he was going to be call officiated a certain way? And you you don't really know now, and, and I think that's problematic. And as they have some decisions to make, uh, you know, we're gonna they're gonna have to figure that out. All right, so let, let's get to to one more thing, and then we're gonna get to a break, and then I'm gonna quiz you. Uh, <laughs> so let's take a look at some of their free agents. We we've discussed this uh, on our podcast. Uh, and I've had some conversations with people inside the Heat organization who, who simply don't know what the cap's going to be. I mean, obviously, it's going to take a major hit. Uh, their attitude is they'll give us a number. We'll figure it out. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. But I, I have heard from inside and outside the organization that one of the things that could happen is that you don't keep as many of your own players because you may not be able to do so in the structure that you thought you could. And so you may not keep all of them, but there may be somebody else that squirts loose that you can then sign to your exception or something along those lines. But again, we don't really know. But they had four free agents, and I've done this ranking with our guys on our podcast. You tell me which to you is the biggest priority to keep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Derek Jones Jr., and you got to take it all into consideration. Price, but also age, contribution, whatever. Derek Jones Jr., Myers Leonard, Goran Dragic, Jake Crowder. Okay, so in priority of who you'd want to keep, yeah? Yes. Okay. Um, at this moment in time, um, I, would, I would keep Goran first out of all of those, uh, just because he's still, in my opinion, you've got, you've got Bam and you've got Butler. I think then comes Jimmy. I think his experience is needed amongst these young players. 
he can offer you still mid to high teens on any night. Um, is another ball handler. Is someone that I think we would miss. There'd be a bit of a hole there um, if if he was gone. So I would I would rank Goran first on that sense. Um, second for me, I would put Mayers, um, just because I fell in, I just fell in love with him. He's just the most like. It's just the most likable, um, you know, person you could. You, that's just came in. He's, he's, he's taken over like cult hero sort of status on social mm-hmm. media. It's just mm-hmm. brilliant. Um, he's so. Um, it, uh, but just as a playing point of view, you know, he started every game I believe this season that he's been available for. Um, so that, that, that shows you something. He's such a vocal player. Um, he's a non-stop talker. He gets people moving. He gets people going. He's a great screen setter. He, you know, he spreads the floor. I think that. At the moment, I think that him and Bam um, work really, really well together. So I would, I would like to see uh, to see Mayers back 100% next year. Um, I think after that, it gets tricky because Crowder's been brilliant since he's come in. Um, really shown, you know, that steel and that fire, that hunger, that heat culture. He's really just dripped straight into that. Um, but on the other hand, you know, when you look at what Derek Jones uh, has done in such a short time since he's been with us. Um, I think that, that I think that Derek probably is the one that you would probably take next, only because the, the, from from a potential point of view, we still don't really know how high it could be, and it would scare me to let him go now and then watch him become something very very special, which I believe he could be. Mm-hmm. So I would probably just about squeeze in Derek and then Crowder after that. But you know, f- four very good players there. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think that. Uh, they've made such a commitment to Derek at this point that I don't think they they want to let him walk. I, I I don't know that you want to go as crazy as you did with the, say the Hassan and Tyler Johnson commitments, you know, <laughs> yes. uh, that they, they tend to try to reward their own guys as much as they can. And uh, particularly if they put the developmental work into them, I think they like Jay. I think Jay, Jay I mean, Jay told us on our podcast, he wants to be here. I mean, he basically has moved everything to Miami. He, he, he was based in Miami for the most part anyway, which I don't think a lot mm-hmm. of people realize. Uh, but I do think that they probably view him as somebody that could be replaced with another player like him if they had to, and, and they would miss on the potential of Derek Jones Jr. But again, this is why the playoffs not happening would be frustrating because somebody like Derek Jones Jr., I, I, I think there was some question there about how playable he is in a playoff series for kind of the opposite reason of Duncan Robinson, that with Derek Jones Jr., there's no question that you would want him out there defensively but if you're going to be playing four on five because they don't trust him as a th- because they don't respect him as a three point shooter, how playable was he going to be, particularly down the stretch of games? And if that's the case, I mean that was always a question with Justice, but Justice was more reliable from three. So I, I think that's that's a, a, another another sort of issue here as they kind of figure out what direction they're going to go. I think everybody can be sacrificed if they feel like they can get another star. I, there's right. nobody that, except Bam on this roster that they won't sacrifice, and that includes Tyler Hero. Uh, but I think that if, if, if it's short of a top 10 player in the league, uh, who, you know, Giannis certainly is, uh, I think at this stage you can argue Bradley Beal is somewhere in there, uh, then, you know, they, they, they wanted to be able to evaluate some of these guys to kind of figure out, uh, where they are. All right. After the break, uh, I'm I'm doing this in my head. I'm gonna. I've got some questions. I, I haven't prepped this, 
I'm going to throw this at you and uh, we're going to see if I can similarly embarrass you to the way you embarrassed me. <laughs> but, but first, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. Go to onecalllegal.com. Yes, they're still working during the outbreak. Onecalllegal.com. Uh, they're all working on remote. So you will get a lawyer there. It's O-N-E calllegal.com. You got a traffic ticket you're still dealing with. You don't know when the courts are opening. I had to uh, look into this for somebody yesterday uh, with the good folks down at Seltzer. You don't know. You've got an immigration issue. Yeah, you might want to stay on top of that because when the courts come back, there's going to be a flood of, of things happening, and there are still things happening um, in the courts. So get your question answered. Get a consultation. The Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm, they're based right here in North Miami, but they take cases from all over the state. So uh, say hey to Mendy, to to David, to Eric, uh, to Joe, to everybody who's down there, uh, Cassandra, they do a great job at the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. We share an office with them when there is an office to share. Obviously not to with that right now, uh, but I can speak to all of them personally. They've handled a couple of things for me. So it's the one, it's onecalllegal.com. It's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. All right. So yesterday, Daniel, uh, Eric Spolster was uh, on with Ernie Johnson on Twitter. And he was doing some, some reminiscing, which is not something Eric does a ton of. And one of the things he was getting into was the night in Dallas, um, infamous Bumpgate, which uh, I was there. I was one of, I think, four or five visiting reporters with, with the Heat at the time who was at that game. And as was Mike Wallace, I believe, was there for ESPN that night. And I think probably Ira was there. And I'm not sure who was there from the Herald. But that was, a, that was a crazy night. The heat got blown out. I, we were sitting courtside. In Dallas, they used to let you sit courtside. We were sitting courtside, and we're watching the thing spiral out of control. The heat are dropping to 9-8. and eight. They're pointing fingers on the cord. Uh, and, of course, uh, LeBron bumps Spolstra on the way back to the bench. And then after it's over, Spolstra goes to speak, and Mike Wallace, uh, my buddy, asks him about it, and Spo acts like he doesn't know what he's talking about. And then there was a 45-minute delay to get the players afterwards because they were holding a players-only meeting in the locker room, which we found out later, and we've talked about this many times in the podcast with various former players have come on, was basically Dwayne Wade who called it, who said, uh, we need to get on the same page here um, and, and we need to figure this out for ourselves, which was perceived as a shot at Spolstra. It wasn't from Dwayne's perspective, but – Right after that, there was a story from Chris Broussard that came out talking about with all kinds of backstory about LeBron's issues with Spolstra, um, which, uh, which I always felt was planted by Maverick Carter or Rich Paul. But anyway, is what it is. So here's what we're going to do with you. That one was called Bumpgate. But there were other gates during the Big Three era. There were other gates, okay? And I can see you here on video, so you're, you're thinking about <laughs> some of these. I'm going to give you a gate, and you're going to tell me what this referenced, okay? Oh, God, okay. Crygate. Uh, Crygate. Um, God, no, I pass. Okay. Crygate was during a five-game home losing streak okay. for the Heat, the big three Heat, a five-game home losing streak. We, <laughs> this Heat team, I don't think, lost five games at home the whole year, wow. uh, even with the Charlotte loss. Five-game home losing streak after a loss to Chicago. Eric Spolstra was trying to protect his players but accidentally threw them under the bus because he said after the game, you guys – so it was something effect of if you don't think they care, there were guys crying in the locker room. Right. Which then started a scavenger hunt 
to figure out who was crying in the locker room. Uh, I can tell you that what I found out ultimately was it wasn't so much weeping. It was more impassioned speaking. Uh, and that two of them were LeBron and Mike Miller. Wow. And so that's, uh, that's what we found out later. Uh, I know everybody guessed Bosch because these certain, you know, I don't know. Everybody guessed Bosch. But, uh, but Bosch, Bosch was very, uh, I, I, I was told might have been the third. But it was definitely Mike Miller and, and LeBron James. Okay, let's get to another one. Uh, contraction gate. Well, it's not, nothing to do with COVID-19, is it? No, 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 it's not. It's not about COVID nineteen. Um, contraction gates. God, see, you've ambushed me here because this is all before my time, and you know it. No, I, I, oh, I know, I know. But you, you asked me to remember what their record was. That you would have thought that would have been easy for me, but I mean, I blacked the whole thing out. So that's, I mean, you know. Okay, uh, educate me on contraction gate. All right, contraction gate was we were in Phoenix with LeBron. So the time where everything he was saying was being scrutinized. And he essentially said that the league should contract some teams uh, because uh, uh, saying that someone like Kevin Love uh, shouldn't be playing in Minnesota. Uh, and so, uh, of course, that turned out to be pretty funny because a little bit later, Kevin Love ended up joining uh, <laughs> LeBron in Cleveland. But it created this whole stir. I remember Brian Windhorst writing a story. Uh, where essentially LeBron felt that there were too many teams in the NBA and that some should be contracted. Uh, apparently, you know, this did not go over particularly well. All right, you're 0 for 2. I'm going to give you one at the end that you're going to get just so we even this up. What was Chillgate? Chillgate. Chillgate. Um, I've, again, I've got no idea, but it's got to be something to do with, it sounds like something to do with Haslam. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not. Right, chill guy in the world. Yeah, well, sometimes. Chillgate <laughs> was early in the Big Three era where Chris Bosch was interviewed on the court after a game and said Eric Spolstra wants to he, – he, referring to coach, he wants to work and we just want to chill. Okay. Okay, so that was Chillgate. Cablegate. <laughs> Cablegate. Um, no, I can't even have an educated guess at this. All right. Now that I've got you to 0-4, I'm going to give you the easier one at the end so we tie. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cablegate was Chris Bosh, again, because he was so honest, <laughs> at a uh, shoot-around. He was in the interview room, and he said <laughs> uh, this was uh, – they were playing Toronto, and he or they were about to play Toronto. And he said, he essentially said that he couldn't watch something. He was asked about watching something in America. I think it might have been Heat Games. And he said, no, because in Canada, we don't get the good cable. Uh, this ended up leading every website, every sports website in Canada, that Chris Bosch was criticizing the cable services in Canada, and I can tell you he's right uh, because I can. I was in a lot of hotel rooms in Toronto and Montreal over the years where I couldn't get HBO. So he's correct. He's correct uh, about that. All right, the fifth one, the fifth one. <laughs> okay. Here we go. How much money was Tyler Johnson making when he left the Miami Heat? Um, I'm gonna say it was ridiculous. I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you do. I'm and this is per year, but I'm gonna let you do it within a two million dollar uh, okay. 
within a two million dollar radius there okay i'm gonna say if it's in if within a two million dollar i was actually thinking either 17 or 19 so i'm gonna go in the middle and say 18 million a year there you go he was uh it was roughly uh 19 million two at the end of there you it go. Uh, See, so I've got, I've got the current, like the, the up-to-date one, right? <laughs> you got the up-to-date one. So that was my entire purpose here, to get you to the exact same number. I didn't want you to be more embarrassed than I was, uh, but I appreciate it. So study up on your gates. There were others. Uh, I, was trying, I, was, I was trying to – I mean, bump gate is the – it was kind yes. of the most the most famous one. I think you probably that one you probably would have gotten. But yeah, I, uh, I was actually I was reading about that this morning, funnily enough, because I saw that it had gone out overnight uh, over in the states. So I look forward to catching up on that later. But I was reading about it. Yeah. No, well, so we appreciate. It. This is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on because uh, you, you are a Heat fan that is attempting to educate yourself about the history. Uh, pretty soon, I'll have you on with Eric Reed debating Sherman Douglas versus Rory Sparrow. So, uh, so we appreciate. It. Uh, Daniel, where can everybody find you? Uh, so, yes, at the Miami Heat UK uh, on Twitter. And if you want to check out my own podcast, it's uh, Heating Up the UK, which is uh, available on all podcast platforms. Yeah, and I really would recommend that series you did because I, I, it was funny. You put out a call on Twitter uh, asking if anybody would do it, and I think uh, all five of us immediately you said did. yes. It was incredible because so. it, it, was, it was something that was so appreciated because it was something that I was due to come out to Miami, obviously got cancelled because of what's happened. Um, and I just put it out there. I honestly didn't expect anybody um, to come back. And the fact that all of you did um, was, just shows you that, that, that the Heat family is strong. Um, and uh, it was it was just it warms my heart that that that, that, that happened because uh, for a trip being cancelled, um, but then getting to talk to a, lo- a lot of uh, incredible legends um, is, uh, is is fantastic. So it will, it will not be forgotten. Well, Jax is a legend. Tony's a legend. I'm not a legend. Uh, but, that's, uh, that, but, that, but, that, but that's fine. Dad, appreciate it. Thanks for the time, man. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. All right. Check out all of our content at fivereasonssports.com. Again, onecalllegal.com, the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm, and chiropractickeystone.com. What do you got to lose? You got back trouble. You're sitting at home. Uh, go get that 15-minute consultation. You can do it right there on video with Dr. Chung. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.